This episode of the Fight Talk Podcast is brought to you in part by Vacated Title. Vacated Title is an elite design and lifestyle brand for wrestlers, promotions, and wrestling fans. VacatedTitle.com will be launching soon, and check out at Vacated Title on Twitter for the latest updates. Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode of Fight Talk is part two of my conversation with Doug Bateman. You can find part one of this conversation on my iTunes feed as well as Podomatic. And if you don't already, please subscribe, please comment, please rate. It's much appreciated. And for those of you who missed part one, Doug is a big fan of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. He's also a big Dallas Cowboys fan. So if you want to talk to him about pro wrestling, MMA, or some NFL, feel free to hit him up. His Twitter is DougDCBTito4LIF. That's spelled out D-O-U-G-D-C-B-T-I-T-O, the number four L-I-F. And Bill and Doug, Bill being one of Doug's friends, used to do a lot of YouTube videos, talked a lot about professional wrestling, talked a lot about mixed martial arts. They're not as active on YouTube nowadays, but they were some seriously big inspirations for me doing what I do now. And they started it all probably about 10 or so years ago. So I'm just kind of playing catch up and doing my thing on the podcast. Doug was nice enough to come on and talk some professional wrestling and some MMA. So this conversation that you're going to hear is the professional wrestling portion of our conversation. You can find our mixed martial arts conversation, like I said, on my podcast feed on iTunes and Podomatic. And without further ado, enjoy me and Doug Bateman talking some professional wrestling. For anyone who is is new to, to this man here, I, I followed him. I watched his YouTube videos forever ago. He was one of the one, him and this guy, Bill, who used to do these YouTube videos. Uh, you still kind of do, right, Doug? You just not as often? The two of these guys like blew up on the internet and they were these big like big massive fans of TNA wrestling when I first uh, started watching them and it's funny because the people we're seeing now succeeding on the WWE level and the NXT level are most of the guys that Bill and Doug were, were talking about so they were spot on on the talent it was just the company itself it just it just never wound up happening and first and foremost, man, like being such a big fan of TNA back then and being one of those like outspoken voices uh, of just just fandom and wanting something different than what the WWE was presenting at that time. What are your thoughts on seeing all these guys kind of making it now, although it's like 10 years later, they're kind of now getting their chance on the WWE, especially yeah, like Samoa Joe, who like just debuted on Monday. Um, it's very bittersweet for me because it's like, validation that we were right and these guys deserve their spot but it's like these guys are being signed when they're not in their prime anymore um, when they're still they're still good but when they were in TNA they were in their primes you know guys like AJ it seems like he's going to be timeless because he can really go even at his age but like to me Samoa Joe uh, Robert Roode even like Kevin Owens, I know he's from Ring of Honor, but like, I mean, they've been through some wars. They've really beat themselves up pretty good. At least they are in the WWE and the style is different, but it just goes to show you that they should have had an open mind a long time ago. There wasn't, there shouldn't have been guys that were labeled as just TNA guys. And uh, it's just, it is great to see though that, that not only are they in the company, but they're thriving and they're in big time roles for the company. And that that's really good to see. Yeah, and it's almost like 
all the roles have kind of changed like from a fan perspective for me in a lot of ways because the guy that I know you would agree with me at the time, a guy like Triple H who we were all frustrated was holding the talent down is now – I don't know if he can necessarily take full credit for what's going on with NXT. He can take a lot of it because he, he oversees it. But he's kind of se- he kind of seemingly is the guy who is now – kind of pushing Vince a little bit to the side and going like we really need to go grab these guys off the independent scene because these guys I don't know why we haven't signed these guys yet we got to go get them and Vince always kind of turned a blind eye to it but Triple H kind of seems to be the one who's kind of spearheading this new movement yeah for sure and I mean just just the indie talent alone that's been brought in I mean it's very reminiscent to me of like WCW back when like uh they were signing guys like Eddie Guerrero and Jericho and Dean Malenko and all that stuff where it's like, these guys were some of the best in the world, but they just weren't known. It, it's kind of the same thing. It's just on an independent level. But the thing is, is NXT brings in a smart mark type of crowd. And so they already know who these guys are. So they're not bringing in guys and then developing them. They're literally buying stars, in my opinion. They're buying stars and they're benefiting off of guys that were already made. Yes, your mainstream fan base that, you know, only watches WWE didn't know these guys, but it doesn't take very long for these guys to get over. And it, it does make you question a little bit how the developmental system is supposed to work when your your guys that go into these developmental systems are better than, say, 85% of their main roster in, on, their, on the regular show, so... That, to me, is a big dilemma, and I I am worried in the sense that WWE is trying to come up with their own indie promotion, and they're trying to make money off of that crowd. It works to a certain extent, but in the long run, these guys belong in the main roster. I mean, Austin Aries should be on the main roster, Robert Roode should be on the main roster, Nakamura, I mean, you can go on and on. And it's just hard for anybody to really be developed in NXT because of that. I think those are all great points. Uh, what do you think about a guy like Chris Hero going back to the WWE? Like he was there, or the NXT rather. He was there, left for about three years, and now he's back. Uh, what do you think about a guy like that? I think, mean, you know, Cash is now. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing with him, you just got to block out of your mind that he's fat, right? Right, remember him from like Ring of Honor Kings of Wrestling all that stuff he's in great shape and you just go well you know he's he's put on a lot of weight but at the end of the day like you know I went to Wrestlemania last year and I saw uh, Chris Hero and Zack Sabre Jr. and man I was just blown away because I in my mind I'm like oh he's fat out of shape not taking it seriously and he goes in there and has this amazing match and so I think after a while, the WWE had the same mindset where it was like, you know what, let him be sad. He's, he's tearing it up. We can make money off of him. So I personally also look for Zero coming back, but I definitely think that he'll have a, uh, a stigma against him being overweight and not what he used to be, but he'll prove people wrong once he gets to wrestle. Man, it's funny you bring that up because... I followed him, you know, during that time with Kings of Wrestling. He got in real good shape. He was in uh, NXT as Cassius Ono. Uh, And then I saw him, like, live at a Ring of Honor show here in Nashville, Tennessee. 
and he was still in great shape. And then I didn't, I don't know how, I just kind of didn't see him for like the last probably two and a half years. I just kind of like, I don't know what it was. I was just missing everything he was doing. And I just like saw him again about half a year ago. And I was, and I thought I was watching like old footage, but like the quality was really good. And I was like, did, did he gain all that weight back? It's like, what, what the hell is going on? And, and then, but his style hadn't changed at all. I was like, okay, this wow. is this is so it's so odd, but it's and he's more stiff. I mean, I mean, he was really laying it in when I watched him, and I mean, he's he's uh, even his PWG staff. I mean, he is a uh, he's really a technician, and he's he's really taken so many different styles of wrestling. And that's one thing about him too is he's such a smart mark. I mean, he knows so much about wrestling. Like him and Dave Meltzer will go back and forth on knowledge. And so, like, he he really knows the game. And so, at, at that point, I mean, he's going to be successful no matter what he does. I just don't know if he is going to be okay with, you know, following the, the, the politics of the WWE and all that. Because when he got released, he didn't seem crushed about it at all. He just was like, okay, I'm back in the Indies and I'm going to start working and I'm going to sell the T-shirts and we're all good, you know. And it was like, no big deal to him. So I hope... It means a lot to get back on the main roster, and I hope he really takes it seriously and tries to, you know, make a name for himself. Did uh, did you happen to catch the Royal Rumble this year? Yeah, I watched it. Because you're just for I, the people. I, I enjoyed the title matches. The Royal Rumble itself was just oh my god, whatever. Yeah, so I I don't. And since you haven't been making videos lately, I don't know like your full opinion on some of the more recent stuff. And I know you don't watch it, you know, nearly as often, but. Oh, just, that's just due to football season. Like, I got hardcore in the football season. Sure. And I just, this is my thing, too, is like, you know, Monday Night Football is on Mondays. You're going to have to do something to keep me away from football, and they just don't. I mean, their main focus is, like, from January till April. And then once that happens, they're kind of like, okay, do whatever you want, and we'll see you back in January. So... I wish that they would have more priority and try to really make you think, mm, dang, you know, there's this game on, but man, they're going to do this tonight on Raw, and I really need to watch. But they just don't, and uh, they're, they're so complacent. But anyways, yeah, go ahead about the Rumble. You know, you kind of just tied right back into kind of what I was going to get at, and and I'm a big football fan myself. Uh, we've talked about that on Twitter, me and you, me me being a Minnesota Vikings fan. It was a really rough second half of the season for me, and I know you being a Cowboys fan. I mean, I I honestly, I'm not trying to rub it in, but I thought this was y'all's year. I really did. So I I feel for you over there too, man. It's it's going to be tough watching the Super Bowl this year for both of us. Right. Yeah. So, and but you but you're right. I mean, with with NFL season. WWE's got to bring it on on Monday nights, and they really haven't been. I, I'd agree with that. But that all being said, I don't need like a full on opinion because I could do full podcasts on just this topic. But just kind of in a short, as short as you can make it, your thoughts on Roman Reigns. So this is my thing on Roman Reigns, and I could get a lot of heat for this. I really don't think he's that bad, and I do think I'm, it's my opinion now. But I have honestly seen more better matches from Roman Reigns than I have from Dean Ambrose. I'm not a huge Dean Ambrose fan, but I do understand the hate for Roman Reigns. Uh, he is not—he is not the guy that you can give a Cena-like push to and it be accepted. He doesn't have the charisma. 
he doesn't have the mic skills and people also are just not down for dictating being dictated and telling what what they're gonna like anymore and there's way too many flavors of ice cream on the show especially very talented very talented wrestlers I mean we're talking some of the best in the world that he's being shows over and it just isn't working I mean the booking for Roman now is just getting just embarrassingly bad it's like they just will not take the hint that people do not like him and I was even saying during the show like if he would take that chair spot that Kevin Owens took if he would do something extra like that every pay-per-view I think people would gain a respect for him but it's like people need to be proven that you deserve what you got and nobody believes that he deserves what he gets yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I I think that, you know, I was thinking about that a lot earlier today, actually, and I was just like thinking back about just kind of the weird. It, it's almost been, I mean, close to twenty years now. When you really think about, it, I guess more like fifteen, but ever pretty much pretty much since the first time that Brock Lesnar left the company to go try out for the Minnesota Vikings. Ever since then, with like the John Cena push and for and, and going forward, it seems like they always had like that guy or those one or two guys that like nobody really wanted in that spot. Now I understand the John Cena thing. I, I get that whole side of why Cena is who he is. I get all that. But and then but then I thought back, you know, farther and they kinda always did that with certain guys, like Lex Luger and stuff, like throughout the years. I just feel like I just feel like they can't get away with it anymore because everyone has a voice. Like, everybody can get on Twitter, everyone can get on social media and be like, this is fucking awful. Like, I watch it because I'm a fan and I'm going to continue to watch it. Like, I'm in that spot where it's like, there's some weeks where I just turn it off and I'm like, man, that really sucks. Like, I've been watching this forever and, like, I just I just really don't want to watch this anymore. But I will say SmackDown Live, it's a little bit different. Have you have you gotten any chance to catch the, uh, the SmackDown Live on Tuesday nights yet? Um... I haven't really watched a full show. I watched I watched that Cena and AJ segment. I thought that was good. And then I like the talking SmackDown on the network because they kind of shoot, and I enjoy that too. But overall, and, and one thing that they've got a huge advantage over Raw, they're two hours. Three hours is just way too long, especially when you don't have good content. I mean, it's, it's very painful. And... I don't know about you or how you feel about the brand extension. I think it's terrible. I thought it was terrible from the beginning, and I still think it's terrible. I think it hurts the show, and I think it pushes guys that people just don't want to see in the main event, that people don't want to see get pushed. They pick the wrong people. Dude, I actually agree with you there. Uh, I was a big... I don't know what the right word is, detractor. I, I wasn't, I was not a fan of the the idea of the brand split happening again myself for the same kind of reasons, especially when, like, I get that they have all this talent, but they could, with the amount of TV time that they have every week, you don't really even, you don't need to split the rosters, and you can leave, like, NXT as a legitimate third brand that, like, the quote-unquote smart marks are going to continue to watch. I, I didn't see a need for it either, and it's almost like, you know, it wasn't that long ago they unified both the World Heavyweight Championships, and, like, now they're splitting them again, and I just think it kind of devalues the whole thing, personally, you know, and then you get guys like James Ellsworth, and it's like, you know, like, how is there room for this? Oh, because there's a brand split? Like, I, it just, you know, so I, I do agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I don't think you'd see a guy like James Ellsworth if there wasn't for a brand extension, and... I, I just think that it promotes a lot of bad wrestling, a lot of bad wrestlers. And I 
also think it kind of helps with the whole monopoly of things, right? Because if you had one brand, there's just not enough spots, which means guys are going to get released, which, you know, can be unfortunate, but it can also be a good thing for TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, wherever you're going to go. And I feel like the same thing with the UFC. I feel like the UFC has way too many fighters on their roster, and releasing guys would help Bellator, it help World Series of Fighting, 1FC, you know, whatever your uh, MMA promotion that you like. But I feel like these big shows are hogging talent, and they're not using them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you, you're you not a fan of The Miz, correct? Or historically, you have not been a fan of The Miz. Uh, that's correct. That's correct. What do you think of – have you seen any of his work lately? Because I, I, I think he's doing really good work right now. I know his in-ring stuff isn't great, but I honestly think he's been doing pretty damn good work lately. I'll tell you what. I mean I used to think Miz was the Antichrist. I mean if he would come over to my house, like I wouldn't even let him in. Like I <laughs> hated his guts. Lately though, I will give him credit. He is getting heel heat because of what he is doing, not because he just sucks. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's not sure. like people are just booing him anymore just because he sucks. He's actually getting heel heat because he is carrying on as a character that is actually drawing heat. So I give him credit for that. I do think that he's had better matches lately. So, yeah, I mean, I could I could agree. I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh, my God, you know, that's a mismatch. I got to see that. Or, oh, my God, you know, like, so great. I mean, his Daniel Bryan stuff is ridiculous. Like, they go to war. And, like, if there was one more match that people – you know, if Daniel had another match, like, that match could really, like, just that build-up alone would be crazy. Because you could tell that both those guys hate each other. Yeah, it's it's almost like, it's a giant tease that they're, because everyone wants Daniel Bryan to come out for at least one more match. And right. <laughs> that's, yeah, man. But that would be awesome if it happened. And I don't think Daniel Bryan helps it either because, like, all he wants to do is wrestle, too, and he'll make it known, too. So it's like, okay, he wants to wrestle, and... The fans want to see it, so let's make it happen. But, I mean, I totally understand about the medical issue of it, too. It's just something, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I, I bring up Cody Rhodes pretty often on this show, uh, and he's, like, a really big yeah. topic on the indies, and he's almost, like, the reverse indie guy. Like, he came up through OVW with no other uh, pro wrestling background. He was a high school two-time state champion, but in amateur wrestling, of course. And he just went right into the OVW, had his WWE run, uh, had some really bright moments as Cody Rhodes, had some really low lows as Stardust, and then leaves, and he's like the biggest name on the indies. What are your opinions on what Cody's uh, been doing lately? Uh, I mean, I, I like Cody to a certain extent. I don't love Cody. I wasn't a huge Cody fan in the WWE, but what I, I think Cody's very respectable. The fact that he chose to leave and wanted to leave only because he felt like he wasn't being used right and that he felt like he, he could become a better wrestler in the independent scene. I think it's a very good thing. And I think he's adding more value to his name. So let's just say, you know, they bring him back in a couple of years or whatever. He's going to be much more valuable than, than uh, what he was before he left. So... Anytime you can do that, it's good. And, and I think that that's important. I, I like a, a guy like uh, EC3, for example. I mean, to me, EC3, uh, he added so much value to his name once he went to TNA. And I think he is a guy that would be, like, destined for the WWE if they brought him back. I think he's built for the WWE. So uh, sometimes leaving isn't the worst thing. And that's why I think it's good that, you know, the company can 
and let some of these guys go and let them experience other wrestling promotions, other styles, because they can complacent in the WWE and they don't want to take risks because they're too worried about losing their job. All, all great points, man. I uh, I met EC3 at a at a uh, show here in Nashville at the fairgrounds, and he was like the coolest dude ever. I was like, man, I, I would love to see that guy get another chance. So, like, I, I went to a TNA show, and he was there, and I did not like him at all. And uh, when I met him, he really made me laugh. And he was just a really nice guy. And then, like, the effort that he went through to, like, make people enjoy the show. I mean, like, he he had, like, beer poured down his pants. He took, like, a DDT to the concrete. And then, like, uh, he got dropped at the end of the show, and he literally laid face down in the ring for, like, 35 minutes only to, like, try to get back up and fall back down. And, like, <laughs> and I just thought, man, like, he went way out of his way, and I couldn't believe, like, how charismatic he was. Very cool. Uh, one more thing that you uh, you brought up, we were talking a little bit earlier, was New Japan Pro Wrestling. And did you get a yeah. chance to catch that Omega Okada match that everyone's talking about? You know, sadly, I haven't. Uh, I, I plan on it, but I, I haven't. I've heard it's great. I'm, I'm sure it is. I just, I just haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you, man. I, I think it was a very, very good match. I don't know if it was the best match of all time, but I think that I understand the discussion. You know, Dave Meltzer's rating at six stars is obviously going to, I mean, you're going to go into it with incredibly high expectations. I also think just in wrestling in general, I think you can be the prisoner of the moment, right? Like, that was the greatest match you ever saw. You the greatest wrestler, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I think some people are looking at this AJ Styles, you know, like, he's, he's, he's getting up there with Shawn Michaels at this point. And it just depends on what you view as great and whatnot, but I mean, and ring performer or whatever, but yeah, I think if AJ's whole career was in the WWE, I mean, I think you have a pretty good argument that he's right there, but unfortunately, he just got there, you know, so it's interesting. All right, and that'll do it for part two of my conversation with Doug Bateman. Hope you enjoyed it. You don't hear a formal goodbye for me and Doug at the end of that episode because we went right into our MMA discussion, which you can also find on this podcast feed on iTunes and Podomatic. So if you're subscribed, you've already got a download. If you aren't subscribed, you can go ahead and subscribe now if you want. It will automatically download the episodes for you. Really easy to follow the podcast. It is much appreciated if you subscribe on iTunes and Podomatic. You can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can also follow Doug Bateman on Twitter at Doug DCB Tito 4 LIF. That is at D O U G D C B T I T O, the number 4 LIF. You can also find my gear, my t shirts, hoodies, tank tops, all sizes, got everything, tons of colors. Anything you're looking for, you can find on whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. If you're looking for one for me personally, just let me know. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, text, call, whatever you got to do. Get a hold of me. I will get you your Fight Talk podcast gear. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. The episode you just heard of the Fight Talk podcast was brought to you in part by Vacated Title. 
Vacated Title is an elite design and lifestyle brand for wrestlers, promotions, and wrestling fans. VacatedTitle.com will be launching soon, and check out at Vacated Title on Twitter for the latest updates.